Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast. My name is Emma Mumford and I'm your host. I'm an award-winning blogger, YouTuber, life coach, badass entrepreneur, manifester, and author. My mission is to awaken and to inspire women to live their best lives now and to find their purpose in life. I do this through sharing the power of law of attraction and spirituality. I hope my podcast will inspire you to raise your game and to start living your best life today. Without further ado, let's get started with this week's episode. So thank you so much guys for joining me for another one of my Spiritual Queens Badass Podcast episodes today. I'm delighted to have the lovely Kathy Heller with me today. So Kathy, if you don't know, hosts the podcast Don't Keep Your Day Job, which has over 8 million downloads and features conversations with creative entrepreneurs like actress Jenna Fisher, blogger Seth Godin, and more. Kathy is also a coach and is sparking a movement for every soul to add their gift to the world, which I think is incredible. So thank you so much, Kathy, for being here today today. Oh my God. Between how you speak and who you are and what you just said about me, I'm just in heaven right now. So thank you for everything. You're so sweet. My pleasure. And I'm excited to finally have you on the podcast because we've been chatting a bit and I'm just so eager for my followers. I'm eager for my followers to learn about you and your incredible new book as well. So um, Kathy has a new book coming out literally next week, but it'll be out by the time you guys listen to this. And it's called Don't Keep Your Day Job. And I get asked so much by you guys, obviously, how you can find your passions, uh, whether it's starting a business or actually just finding your dream career. And I just really think this book is going to help so many people. So we'll obviously talk about that during the podcast. But if anybody has those questions, this is the podcast for you. So Kathy, my first question for you today is when did you spiritually awaken? What's your story? Oh my gosh, that's such a beautiful question. I feel like I want to ask that question to everyone I meet, like at a dinner party or wherever, instead of saying like, what do you do for a living? It's like, when did you spiritually awaken? It's such a good question. Um, I think some people will be like, I still haven't. Do you have any advice? Um, For me, I grew up feeling, I think a lot of people feel this way, but for me, there was a lot of darkness growing up. My, My parents got divorced and my mom was struggling with depression and she still does. And she was suicidal when I was growing up. So she tried to commit suicide a couple of times, which left me as a child feeling very alone and very neglected. And and very much in, in charge. I felt very responsible for her. And my dad left when I was a kid. So I just needed so much to have a spirituality and I didn't growing up. And so when I left after high school, I remember going to college and people were like, 
taking, you know, advertising, marketing. And I was like, I can't read a book. I can't sit in class. I was desperate to figure out what meaning there was to life because I didn't feel very grounded growing up in the way that I did. And so wouldn't you believe I... I became a religion major in college because I wanted to read books on spirituality. I wanted to read books on why people thought that they, they were on the planet. And someone told me, you know, you can get a degree, like you could actually get credit for reading those books. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's what I'll do. So I started reading books in Jewish mysticism, in Buddhism, in everything. And I started doing acupuncture, Reiki, taking yoga class, meditation, like really trying everything I could to find answers and to find my way back home to myself, to my creator, to the spirit that runs through all of that. Like all of it, I was so thirsty for it. And it was interesting, like different spiritual paths. I found different nuggets of things that really spoke to me, you know? And then after college, on a whim, I went to Jerusalem and I thought I was going to go for like three weeks. I think I had like a three-week ticket and I was so in love with the air. I just walked around those stone 3,000-year-old streets and I just wanted to, I wanted to know more. I wanted to be there longer. So I stayed in Jerusalem for almost three years. And I, um, I just felt like God was like a local call. I just felt very in touch with the wind and the air. I felt like the energy of the source of creation was like running through my veins and I wanted to stay forever, actually, but I felt called to, for whatever reason, I, I felt called not to stay. I felt like I was supposed to go out in the world and maybe spread some kind of goodness somewhere and do some work and not have all the answers and sit on a mountaintop. So I left and I, um, I came to LA to to write music because I wanted to write these songs. I wanted to share this message. I wanted to share a message that everybody has a spark. I wanted to share a message that everybody's needed. I wanted to share a message that people are seen and people are found. And I started writing music and there's a whole journey there of like what happened with me career wise, but that's the story of the spiritual awakening. I love that. And I love that you're into songwriting and music too. Like I, I had no idea. I love that. So what kind of led you from that journey then to starting up your own business, creating your podcast? How did we get there? Yeah. I mean, I didn't even know what a podcast was when I moved to Los Angeles in 2004. I just, I just knew I wanted to come to LA. I just felt called to do that. And I, after living in Jerusalem and studying religion for four years in college, I felt very much in line with the idea that if you listen to your gut, there's a synchronicity that comes and there's a flow and there's, there is something else going on that we can't touch or see and you will be led if you trust, right? So I just knew for some reason I'm going to LA and I tried to get a record deal when I got here because I, all I knew about being a songwriter was that it was all or nothing. And so if you wanted to make a living and do that and nothing else, you'd have to be Beyonce. You'd have to be famous. So I worked really hard. I had a, you know, a day job. And then in the evenings, I would try to write the right songs and collaborate with the right people and get the meeting with the record label. And a few years after I got here, I actually got a record deal. I got signed to Interscope and I was actually sitting with Lady Gaga. She was recording paparazzi and I was sitting there and they were like, what kind of coffee do you want? And I was the new girl who had just gotten signed. And it was amazing until about four months later, they dropped me from the label, which happens all the time. 
And when that happened, I sort of knew they were right. Like I knew on some level I was reaching, I was grasping. I knew on some level I really wasn't meant to do that. And if I'm being honest, I think it's because I I kind of knew, you know, if you want to be a songwriter on that level, you have to be like an Olympian. Like the amount of talent is not just like you need to be good. You need to be unbelievably outstanding. And I felt like I had a good voice, but it didn't really feel like my mission in life was to get on the road and tour for the next 35 years. And I didn't feel like I could sustain that. And I knew at some point they would find that out. And so when I got dropped, I was like, oh my God, like it's been figured out. I can't hack it. And I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And I did feel broken because I can see in hindsight how it was a good thing, but at the time it felt like the end. And I thought, okay, I guess this is the moment where everyone tells you to grow up and get a real job. And I thought, shoot, I thought there'd be some magic. I really trusted in the magic and it didn't happen. And I got a job and my friends were like, well, you have to be practical. You can be happy on the weekends. You can be happy when you retire. I'm like, what a model for life. It's so bizarre how most people spend their days miserable and save up till retirement. Like then you'll do the thing you love. It's so bizarre. So I worked at a nonprofit and I was so unhappy. And then a friend said to me, well, if you're going to, if you're going to get a job, you should just make a lot of money because you're not doing what you really love anyway. So just make money. And I was like, well, what do you do to make money? And she said, you can, you can either be in the finance world or you can do real estate. And so I wound up working for a guy who bought $300 million shopping centers and sold off pieces. And I worked for him for a while and he paid me well. And I drove a cute Mercedes and I ate good sushi. And I was like, what am I doing? This is so not me. I did not come to LA to make 150 grand and do something I hated. Like what a waste of my life. I did not feel like myself and I quit. And then when I quit, I asked myself, is there any way that I could do music? Is it all or nothing? Is there no way other than being famous and a rock star? Isn't there some other way? And when you ask yourself the right question, you'll be led to another answer. And so that question was a good one. Is there any other way to do it was the question. And I wound up figuring out that there was all this other potential where people were writing songs for TV shows, ads, films, trailers. And those songwriters were not necessarily super famous, every one of them, but they were making a great living. So long story short, that's what I did. I started to figure out who were the people choosing the songs for the different TV shows like Grey's Anatomy and Pretty Little Liars and who were the people choosing songs for different ads like Coca-Cola and Walmart and what did they need? I started to figure out like who are they? What do they need? How do I get in touch with them? And sure enough, I built a I built a business making like $300,000 a year writing music for those TV shows and films. And I would write songs that would help them tell the story of the ad or the story of the show or the character. And I would be the one singing it. And it was super fun. And I would make like 50,000, 60,000 a track for an ad. And I'd make like five to 10,000 a track for a show. And I would do 30 to 40 of those a year. And I started to do really well. And then all these magazines were featuring me saying, look at this girl. She wrote her own check. She found her own path. She's doing music, but DIY. And as an indie songwriter, making ends meet. And I started to teach other songwriters. And that led me to my first online course for songwriters. It's called Six Figure Songwriting. And that course made 
about a million and a half dollars a year. And then that led me to my podcast because one girl in my class said to me, you know what you're teaching songwriters, what you've done for yourself. You could be teaching so many people how to get smart, how to think out of the box, how to have the empathy for their client, how to know how to solve a problem and how to monetize what you love. So you don't just have to say, well, it's all or nothing. You know, either I'm the biggest star or I have to go build someone else's dream because this is what I teach. And so I started a podcast called Don't Keep Your Day Job two and a half years ago. And we have almost 9 million downloads and I wrote a book and that's, that's like literally the whole story. Amazing. Incredible. And it's just funny how the universe sort of puts all the pieces together as such right? to kind of lead you to this place. So incredible. So for my listeners then, how can someone sort of find their passion project if they don't know what it is they want to do or they have multiple ideas? Yeah, it's such a good question because it is the question. You know, I used to think like everyone knows what they love because I, my, my problem wasn't knowing what I love. My problem was how do I do it? Right. So I just assumed everyone knows what they love, but ah, no, that's not true. The study actually shows only a third of the world knows what they love. And two thirds of the world is like, you know, I'm not really clear. You know, sometimes I feel like I want to be a travel writer. Other days I want to teach yoga. Sometimes I'm not sure if I know even which three things to choose from. And so the first thing is we have to do some work, like spending time with your eight-year-old self. Like when was the last time you made a list and you said, if I didn't have to be perfect, I would. If I didn't have to be perfect, I would. Like take out a sheet of paper, one through 10. If I didn't have to be perfect and then fill in the rest of the sentence, write 10 things. If I didn't have to be perfect, I would. And you might surprise yourself. You might notice that you write if I didn't have to be perfect, I'd open a bakery. If I didn't have to be perfect, I'd take dance lessons. Like there's a clue there. And the reason I say if I didn't have to be perfect is because I have a three-year-old daughter. And when I go into her preschool, every single child is creative. There isn't a child that's not. But what they all have in common is they're all messy. They're not perfect. So this one has paint in her nose. This one's got blocks all over the floor and they're just having the time of their life. And what happens to us is that at some point when you're like eight or 12 or whatever, you get your heart broken. Someone leaves. Someone doesn't love you back. Someone rejects you. And what you do is you tell yourself, you know what I'll do? Because this hurts so much. I won't want it. And I won't dream. And I won't even try unless I know without a shadow of a doubt that the thing I'm going to do is going to work, unless I know the person will love me back, unless I know that I'm perfect, I won't put anything out there because it's such a brilliant survival strategy because what you think it's going to do is then prevent you from getting hurt. And I know that because my dad walked out. I remember standing on the driveway and begging him to come back and the car never turned around. And I know what it's like to see my mom like go off in an ambulance and not know if she's coming back. And I, I have tremendous empathy for the amount of hurt. And so there's a child who wants so much to be unleashed. And in order for her to find the thing she's going to do, that she's going to do that's going to serve the world, that she's going to do that's going to light her up, she has to be given the permission to be messy. Incredible. I think that's the thing that people need to hear. Absolutely. And it's just so true because when you give yourself that permission, 
you're fearlessly doing it. You're fearlessly working towards it. And what I always say to people is, you know, when you're trying to call in your purpose, your passion, you know, the reason why you're here on this earth, it's, it's a journey. You don't necessarily just straight away stumble across it. Like for me, I've had three different businesses over the eight years as an entrepreneur. And totally. And yep. it's like third time lucky for me. And I'm sure it's the same with yourself. I mean, well, you heard I like started out wanting to be a rock star. I'd never even heard of a podcast in 2004. Look what I'm doing now, you know? And, and this is the thing that I want people to hear. We are built to serve. And we think what we want is happiness, but the opposite of depression, you know, I studied this like nothing else because my mom is depressed and struggled with it my whole life. And I'm like, what's the antidote? Is it happiness? Because everyone tells you, do this, you'll be happy. Buy a house, you'll be happy. Get a job, you'll be happy. Get this, you know, new watch, you'll be happy. Go on this vacation, you'll be happy. It's not actually happiness that we crave. The opposite of depression is purpose. And purpose comes from contributing and meaning and belonging and transcendence, feeling in line with something bigger than yourself, making the world better than you left it. That's what we really want. That's what the data shows. So what that means is you might have a sense of what you like. You might not know what you like. Either way, we really need to be open to being led to where we wind up serving the most. And that's the thing that becomes a dance. It becomes a dialogue. Like the difference between a hobby and a business is that a business serves someone else. Someone else pays you, which means someone else needs it or wants the thing that you're making. And that's a good thing because that means there's empathy involved. If you're doing a hobby, you don't need the empathy except for yourself. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. If you are making something for someone else, then it really matters where they want you most, where you show up most. So I think that what happens is that if we are, if we are open and humble enough to be really used in this world by our creator in the way that we were really intended to serve this world like no one else can, then you'll think that you're going to start off wanting this one thing, but you'll keep getting led over in the direction until you finally land really where you wind up serving the most. And that's why I think it is a development. That's why I don't think it's a discovery overnight. It's something that gets developed because I started out doing music, but really deep down, I was supposed to be this like major encourager and this person who's really coaching and helping facilitate people's growth. I didn't really know that. But what I saw is that it just kept being led in that direction. Like I did the music, but I got rejected. So then it led me to get jobs and I wasn't so happy and I felt like I wanted to do music. And then the music started to take off. But the songs that I was writing that would get used were songs about overcoming things and being there for someone and knowing that you're an original. And all of that was those, those ideas. And then even though I did well, the thing that started to do even better was when I started to coach other writers. And then one of those writers said, God, this is not just about songwriting. This is about other people. Start a podcast. And I start a podcast in my closet two, two and a half years ago on the floor in, in underneath all my clothes. And overnight it blows up and the world's like this this, do this, do more of this. And then that led me to a book deal. And then that led me to more people and more shows and more downloads. And I just kept saying, okay. So there's something called an ikigai. Do you know what that is? I, I've got a book. I haven't read it. I must admit, but I know what it is. <laughs> an ikigai is a great word. It's a Japanese word, which means the intersection of three things. It's the thing you love to do, the thing that you're good at, and the thing that the world needs and wants from you. So sometimes you're good at something, but you don't love it. Sometimes the world wants a certain thing, but you're not the one who's really good at it or you don't really love it. But when all three things come together, when you're good at something and you love it and the world says, that's what we need, that's your mission. And so a lot of times people come out to LA, they're like, I want to be a dancer. I want to be an actor. And then they get led to be a choreographer or they get led to be a writer and director instead of an actor. And that's good because it means they're getting the feedback and they're open to hearing what their job is because not everyone's supposed to be Beyonce because where would we be if everyone was Beyonce and then they didn't do their job of being your best second grade teacher or opening the bakery on main street or making those beads that you just gave to your best friend and she loved it. Like everyone needs to do the thing they're supposed to do. And that's where we are, are needing to be open to the alignment piece. And that's why I think it is a little bit of a discovery that happens over time. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with that more. So what are your top tips for anybody wanting to turn their passion into a full-time career? All right, let's go. Let's dig in. Here <laughs> it goes. Okay. Most people build businesses backwards. Most people sit in their little igloo, you know, they go off in their little cave and they're like, all right, what am I going to do? Okay. I'm going to make this line of t-shirts or I'm going to build this app or I'm going to, you know, create a fashion brand. 
and it's all by themselves and they don't even put it out in the world until the whole thing is done. They wrote the whole book. They wrote, they wrote 15 songs, all the things alone. They do it alone. That's backwards. It doesn't work. Then they come out in the world and they try to convince people to want it. It doesn't work. It has to be the other way around. What we do, just like I was saying before, is we got to get the feedback. So the first step is what do I love? I got to try a few things. Once I have some little clue, a little whisper of the thing that's lighting me up, then I figure out who can I do that for? Remember a business is for someone else. They're going to give you money, which means they value it. Okay. So the second thing after I have this sense of what I love, it's who's it for? Who can I serve? Who do I make these cookies for? Who do I do this yoga class for? Who am I coaching? Who's the person? What, who is she? What does she need? What does she want? What's her pain point? So then you have, what do you love? Who is it for? And then you want to figure out what, what can you do to really solve that problem? And while you're doing that, you're validating the idea, okay? Because you're getting it in front of that person. You're giving a sample and you're saying, do you like the way this tastes? Do you like the way this dress fits? Did you like that first course? You're getting feedback. Any business that we all enjoy, whether it's the iPhone or the bakery that you go to every other day, they spend so much time and energy trying to figure you out because they want to know what's working. So they're testing stuff all the time. So you want to know what you love, know who it's for, test it, validate it. And then you want to scale that. And how do you scale that is you keep asking yourself, where does my person hang out? What blogs does she read? Who could I collaborate with? What other stores does she go to? Where could I sell these pieces of jewelry? Cause she's already there. That's how you scale it. And then you just, in addition to that, what you can do is you can create awareness and trust because people don't buy things, they buy feelings and people are not connecting to a brand all of a sudden. Like whenever you bought anything, when you walked into the movie and bought the ticket for Star Wars, you've already been seeing previews of this. You've already seen the toys at McDonald's. You've already read the billboards, the stories and the magazines. There's a lead up. So as, as a business, we need to think about all the things that we can deposit and give and give and give and give, whether it's in social media, it's content, it's a, it's a Facebook group, it's a conversation. And all of that leads back to people having a trust and an awareness of what it is that you do or offer or sell. And then when you go to offer the thing, you don't really have to sell because people have been following this journey and you knew how to talk to the person because you started off by knowing who you were talking to, right? That was step two. Who is it? And you write the right post that she would like, and you start to bring her into the conversation and engage her. And so now you know what you love, you know who you're talking to, you validate the idea, you test things, you bring her in. And if you want to keep scaling it, you ask those last two questions, where does this person hang out? And how can I give and give and give and give to this person every single day so that when I launch the next product or when I offer the next service or the next event, there's already a buy-in because we're connecting all the time. Definitely. And it, it's so true because you've got to really put it out there, like say, to get that feedback, to engage that audience, to engage the people you are trying to connect with. So like you say, you can't just sort of come out on Instagram from day one, zero followers with your product, like I've arrived, like yeah. where are the sales? You've got to, like you say, build it up, build the hype, connect, and even just energetically align it out in into the sphere as such of social media yep. or wherever yep. it is you know things take time to align so you've got to give it the time to grow and give it the time it deserves people don't realize that it's all about the empathy like i said a couple of times because 
Like I don't, I know that most people hate the word sales because it feels like you're being sleazy or sneaky. And that's because most people just go right to the sale. We forget that if you had a friend who never called and then one day asked you to take her to the airport, you'd be like, that's so rude, right? It's like very selfish. But if this person is always texting you out of the blue, do you need anything? I'm at the store. How are you? What happened? And then that person happens to mention, oh, I'm going to the airport. Can I get a ride? It feels so right. It's like you have to put in deposits in order to make a withdrawal. You, you have to give and nurture. And so there's this like ABG, like always be generous. And as a business, that's really the marketing. And then when you go to do this sale, you don't have to push. It's like you've just been depositing and nurturing and having empathy and showing up. And the more you focus on doing the giving, by the time the sale comes, like you never have to worry. It just happens. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And it's such a great analogy you just used there as well. Like so, so good. I'm going to use that from now on and tell everybody, guys, look at this. So, no, I love that. It's really, really good advice. So you also talk about, um, you know, how we can level up our quality of life all around. So what would be your tips to give to my listeners today of how they can up level their lives? I mean, I feel like the biggest work truly as I get older is this like inner child stuff because I can give you all the tips you want all day long, but what a person is going to need more than tips is momentum. And the momentum comes from what you believe because every single thing that you believe is what dictates the habits you have, the actions you take, and that's responsible for the results of your life. So whatever relationships you're in, however people treat you, whatever money's in your bank account, those are the results in this moment that is coming from the actions that's coming from the behavior, which is stemming from your beliefs. And our beliefs come from the narrative we tell ourselves about what it means to be loved. What's our support like? How do we relate to support? How do we relate to love to money like what are what are our beliefs around these things and the more we can nurture that child and have awareness around that old narrative we can start to change it and we can start to fuel ourselves with the beliefs that actually serve us and then we start to take different action definitely and i'm such a big preacher of inner child work as well because oh there is so much healing and goodness that can totally. be blocked with it um and it's it can just give us the answers to so many things within our lives like limiting beliefs and obviously yeah. fears we may have so if you haven't checked it out guys definitely have a look at inner child work online because it will change your life i don't know about you kathy but it's definitely changed mine me too um, my husband just went to a retreat uh, a place called on-site workshops in nashville and a few of my podcaster friends, the girls from almost 30 had gone and said it was so amazing. Have you ever done an inner child workshop? I haven't done a workshop. No, I've just done online things or meditations. It's pretty awesome. There are things that people can do where they go away for like six days and they just really do a deep dive. And I think it changes everything. I need to come to America then. <laughs> Let's go together because I haven't done it either cool so my last question for you today then is what is one piece of life advice you'd like to leave my listeners with 
You know, we said it before, but I don't think it can be said enough. I feel like you should take out a pen and paper. If you're, if you're driving, you could do it later. But um, I feel like you should write your name, like, dear Emma, dear Kathy, write it to yourself. Dear me, you have permission to make mediocre things. You have permission to play. You have permission to be messy. And I think if you could give yourself that and really own that, you will be so successful because successful people, the one thing they have in common is that they do things and their action, they have like an action bias and they just start even when they're terrified. They don't wait to be ready. They just do it anyway. And the amount of learning that comes from the doing, the clarity that follows the action, the momentum that comes because you you went ahead and did it, it's phenomenal. It'll change your life. So if you give yourself permission to be mediocre, you're going to get really far. So, so true and so valuable that advice because I was literally talking about this on Instagram the other day of, I feel that there's we're, we're so used to seeing everybody's successes on social media and seeing everybody thriving and succeeding when actually it hasn't been an overnight success. That's what people sometimes don't see. And we just don't see it because maybe that person is not talking about it. They're not talking about the failures and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, we're designed to talk about all the positive things in life, but it is a case of when you're, you know, with anything that you do in your life, you know, I love Brene Brown's analogy of the arena of life of, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna step into the arena, you're gonna be knocked down and you've got to have that attitude of getting back up, you know, dusting your shoulders off, dusting yourself off and getting back up and trying again because it will work. It will work eventually. I couldn't agree more. I think you're absolutely right. And yeah, I mean, I think there's so much shame around, what makes us broken. And I think people have all this imposter syndrome because we forget that other people are just as flawed. And I think if we can, we can let go of the shame, we actually realize that what, what the glue that connects us is the parts of us that are broken. And so we can lean into the vulnerability. That's really a superpower and people will love you even more. You'll be so much easier. Who do you want to go on the cruise with? The girlfriend of yours who's like, I'm so good. Everything's great. Or the one who's like, ah, I can be such a hot mess. You too? All right, let's go have fun. Right? (laughs) Like you just want the person who's real. And everybody needs to know that whatever business you're starting, whatever content you're producing, the thing that makes it go viral, the thing that makes it work is when other people feel seen, is when you reflect the things that other people feel, the brokenness, the pain. And then people feel like, oh, this person gets me. So, you know, hiding the things that make us feel scared is actually going to be exhausting and it, it, it's sort of working against us. So be messy. The world is so waiting to cheer you on. You don't need to have it all together. Amen to that. And Kathy and I will be cheering you on as well in spirit. Correct. <laughs> Oh, it's been such a pleasure having you on today, Kathy. Like I love your story so much and I love your energy. So it's been amazing to finally connect and share your amazing pearls of wisdom with my listeners. So where can everybody find more about you if they want to follow your work? Well, they can go to kathyheller.com, Kathy's with a C. And I did create a quiz on the front page that helps you figure out like what your career passion project might be. It's really fun. Um, 
and I have a podcast just like you have an awesome podcast. It's called Don't Keep Your Day Job. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. It's obviously free. Lots of good guests there and fun stuff. And then I just wrote a book called Don't Keep Your Day Job. So you can get it at Barnes and Noble or Amazon. And I hope that you, I hope that you feel like it brings you home to yourself. Amazing. So thank you, Kathy, so much for being here and good luck with everything. It's been such a pleasure having you on today. Oh, you're so good at what you do. Thanks for having me. So thank you so much guys for joining me for another one of my podcast episodes today. It has been super amazing to have you here to listen to Kathy and I's conversation. As always, you can find Kathy's website in a clickable link down below in the description. And of course, if you want to know anything more about myself, my coaching, my videos, or anything else I do, you can find it all on my website, emmamumford.co.uk. So thank you so much guys for listening. I appreciate all your views and listens. Don't forget to subscribe if you're new here because I would love, love to see you again soon. Don't forget to Don't forget you can also join my free Law of Attraction support group over on Facebook where you can join myself and other like-minded souls where we talk all things law of attraction and spirituality. So I hope you have a great week whatever you are up to and I'll see you all in my next podcast episode which will be next week. Lots of love guys. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner 3 days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.